Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. I think I, in general, need to improve on my boundaries with toxic people. I've gotten better at it, but again, it's like a spectrum. And so I've, so maybe I'm like eight-tenths of the way there, and I, I, I want to be, I just want to keep improving. You have an itch and you want to scratch it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm careful too. You know, we all have the ability to be toxic to other people. So I'm mindful too. Like I'm mindful, you know, look, I just think it's like the expression, like if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you, you know? and it, That's a great quote. You know, I, I try and be an idealist. I think it was Lao Tzu. When you are in love, you feel courage. And when you feel loved, you feel strength. You feel like, wow, I have support. I have somebody who has my back. It's not conditional. And then there's that time where it doesn't work. And that's life sometimes. And then you have to just cut your losses from them. Right. And that's the hard part. And that's the discipline. But I think it's, yeah. I think that's the way you uh, choose yourself. So as they yeah. say, yes, as they say, brilliant. as the kids say these days. <laughs> Thanks for not being toxic. Maybe sometimes I am. Um, no. All right, so Steve and I are doing another one of our podcasts about uh, questions people are asking from Twitter. A lot of people are asking, how do you know who the toxic people are in your life? How do you know if you're toxic? And how do you avoid the toxic people in your life? And by coincidence, our good podcast friend, I don't know if you saw this, Steve, today, I think, our good podcast friend, um, Amy Morin, who's been on this podcast like six times, she wrote an article, the one type of person mentally strong people avoid, which is how do you also avoid what she calls energy vampires, which are not the exact same thing as toxic people, but there's an overlap. And so uh, we could take a look at that. Um, And there was something else. Oh, I found this interesting article about how narcissists are not what you think. Because every, 
I feel like everybody who's in a breakup ever says yeah. the other person's, oh, she was just a narcissist. He was just a narcissist. It's, you would think the entire planet was filled with narcissists. So I wanted to yeah, find sure. out what the actual statistics are. So I, I looked that up. Um, all right. Toxic people. So again, I feel like this has been a, a buzzword lately. Like everybody's toxic. Everybody's a narcissist. What's, what's, and, and I do think, and I've seen it in my own life and I'm sure you've seen it in yours. Like, you know, if you're, if you're, you're, you know, there's that saying, you're the average of the five people you have around you. And if the people you have around you are all, let's say, alcoholics and drug addicts and criminals or are all negative or they're always putting you down, then you're probably not going to be a great success in life. We, we bring yes. this up in our podcast with Mike uh, Massimino, the, the astronaut. He, you know, after he was first rejected from being an astronaut, he got his PhD at MIT. And in one of his classes, there was like nine people in the class. And he said six of them ended up going to, yeah. to outer space. And that's a perfect example that you're the average of the five people around you. Like if he was just hanging out in a bar in Boston, he would never be able to say, it's really funny. Six of the people hanging out at this bar went into outer space. Absolutely. I mean, part of it, I think I've heard the phrase and I can't, I don't want to not attribute it to the person or misattribute it, but I've heard the idea of like a genius, right? Like you're in a scene of all these geniuses around, you know, where like, hey, it cultivates, you know, in the art well, world, which you know better than I do. Uh, that, not really. sports world, obviously I know a lot more than you do, but, um, can't even a turtle looks fast moving past a rock, but, um, <laughs> you know, but I think that, um, yeah, but I think there is something to be that, right. Where like, you know, this a lot, like, well, a little like in the, in the literary world, for instance. So in the 1950s, um, there was no beat literary movement, but, but, you know, if you think about all the, 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 uh, when I mentioned them in a second, they're all famous names. When you think of you know, the, the beat movement of writers, Jack Kerouac, Allen Ginsberg, William S. Burroughs. Uh, and then, you know, there were some other fringe artists yeah. and, and writers like Lucian Carr and, and other people. They all had one thing in common. They were best friends at Columbia University. Um, yeah. Well, and, and William S. Burroughs didn't even go to Columbia. He just like hung yeah. out around there, like an older guy hanging out, hanging out with these little kids. And, uh, but they all kind of, I think if they had not sort of developed that scene, they not none of them would have published any yeah. books. Like Allen Ginsberg helped all of them edit their books. He even flew to uh, Morocco and and pieced together William S. Burroughs' pages off the floor and put them into a book form and and got it published and, and it became you know famous book Naked Lunch. Uh, so all these you know and then if you look in the art world, uh, I think it was. Jasper Johns, Robert Rauschenberg, you know, were living together. Yeah. I think in their building, there was other famous artists. Leo Castelli would come over and say, oh, you guys are great. And then he was the one who promoted their artwork. So scenes do develop as a group, yeah. not you, success is part your talent and skill and part your ability to to network with others. I, I, I think that's pretty clear because there's probably artists who were just as skilled, yeah. but they lived in Cleveland and not near the galleries of New York. And so they didn't get as famous. Yeah, I think Brian Koppelman talked about how if you want somebody to read your work rather than get an agent, get another writer to recommend you, right? You're very mm. generous with a lot of people, mm. right? Yeah, well, and we do that all the time. We get people on, yeah. help you, our friends who are in the podcast business and we- And it means more for one of us to recommend it to somebody else than somebody Well, the more else. opportunities you have to be, make yourself part of a scene. Yeah. So, since being in a scene, 
as we've been describing it, is critical to success. It 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 pays long term to do everything you can to be part of a scene. So for us, for instance, let's say in the podcast world, yeah. we are happy to recommend yeah. our own guests to go on to other podcasts and and share the wealth and so on. And, yeah. and we've done that frequently. Or we'll we'll you know let other podcasters advertise yeah, on our podcast and and, and so on. Um, uh, so so but this all brings down to toxic people. Obviously, there's only so many slots, like you know, spaces open for people in your life, and you know, there's there's you know, your your spouse or romantic partners, then there's your close friends, then there's your work acquaintances and other acquaintances, and uh, uh, if you have any negative people, that could take up a huge amount of your thoughts. Like, I'll I could t I could say yeah. just this past week something somebody did bothered me enough they were like rude to me in a way that surprised me and it was a, a a once previously close friend and i and i just was like obsessively thinking why did this person do that and just even that one day it takes up like let's say 20 to 40 percent of your thinking if yeah. you if you obsessively think about it like being around toxic people at some point you know it's like somebody working on a a, a beehive even if they're wearing all the masks at some point they'll the bees will sting you yeah um no, I, I think obvious. Yeah, and I, no, and I, that was one of the reasons why I thought this was a very constructive topic for us. Because even just speaking to different friends of mine about this, everybody has toxic people in their lives, and everybody has toxic relationships. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that person may or may not be toxic, quote unquote, or a narcissist. But it's not good for you, right? And I think as I've gotten older, rather than be too judgmental about people or wind up. You know, it's kind of like the expression, you don't get clean rolling around in the mud. You get clean by getting out of it. And you have to learn who to cut out of your life. But it's it's on us to extricate ourselves from but, people but like that hard, or deal like, with it. Like like people will bring yeah. up uh uh yes, I think I think the solution is cut people out of your life. But that yeah. sometimes is too extreme. And yeah. and and sometimes also you can't cut people out of your life. So so if someone's a boss or, or yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a little more difficult if they're a family member. Uh, and, and by the way, the toxic people are never kind of the the random neighbor yeah. down the street. It's always the people who are somewhat close to you. That's yeah. how the, they they're they're inside. No one's toxic in a vacuum. Like they're toxic because they're yeah. near you and doing things that are that are and, bringing you down. And I think like I. What I hope to do today and what I'm thrilled to be with you in general is like I want people to get value out of this. I want people to either get, you know, information, affirmation and say, oh, yeah, this might help me deal with it, you know, because you've had to deal with it. We all have had to deal with it. But, yeah, I, I, I listen to, you know, psychologists talk about how, um, like, I'm not a psychologist, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night. But I think that Wait, I don't um, get the Holiday Inn Express was a commercial, which, which <laughs> it was a famous commercial. We're like just talking about the benefits of staying at a Holiday Inn Express. What was that no, with psychologists? Because <laughs> they would be like, "I'm not a doctor, but I did stay at a Holiday." You know, the, the idea that if you stay at Holiday Inn, <laughs> you could get you get a great night's sleep, then you could do anything. I see. You know, that's what you're right. either way. <laughs> joke's not funny if I have to explain it. <laughs> so anyway, but it's they were just talking about like toxic people. It's not you don't choose them as much as they choose you. You have certain mm -hmm. characteristics. You're kind, you're vulnerable, you're a people pleaser. And those people kind of subconsciously are attracted to you and that they can manipulate you. Well, well, you and know? I think that's one direction yeah. we can go here, yeah. which is we can outline the list of yeah. toxic people, which which yeah, I'm sure. more than happy to do. But 
there's also what you just brought up were traps that get you stuck yeah. to toxic people. I think a lot of times, again, I, I, I think a common refrain, I see this all the time with like romantic breakups, both sides will say, "Ugh, the other yeah. side was, yeah, sure. was a narcissist or toxic or whatever. Um, but I think, also, but you can't just blame the other side. It's, 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 there's some 50, 50 happening here. Well, and sure. that's these traps where that are just as toxic that, that like for me, for instance, I think I have a hard time, uh, uh, setting boundaries yeah. with people who might be toxic. Like if, if yeah. someone, um, was, a, was, or is a friend and then suddenly, uh, I'm, I'm feeling negative all the time when I'm around them or they're, or they're, you know, uh, you know, putting me down or if they're rude to me, like I was thinking about this person last week, I have a hard time putting up a boundary saying, okay, well, that person's no good. I need to distance myself. Uh, and so I think, I think, you know, yeah, an inability to put boundaries, which is caused for whatever reason, I don't know, is often a trap. Well, I think I, you know, one of the things I think is instructive too, is like when you, Wrote the best-selling book with a underwhelming um, subtitle. Subtitle about you know called "Choose Yourself," but it just brings us to the whole idea that we do have choices, right? Like we always have a lot of choices, and you could you have a lot of choices in how you might deal with that person. And I heard somebody characterize like a term called like you know when you deal with people. Okay, fine, maybe you don't want to confront them directly, but she called it like the gray rock theory, where you know when if you talk to people. And I've learned to do that with people. Like I've had some people in my life where if you tell them something, you're, you're reluctant to share things with them because they're not listening like, oh, good for you. They're either jealous or judgmental or they want you to take some of what you have. And that's not healthy if you right, feel that so, way about people. So then I'm just, how do you catch a fish when its mouth is open? So I'm, you know, I'm very blunt. You keep it, hey, the weather's really nice. Or, hey, did you catch the game last night? Like I'm not... If I, if I share things about people, then a lot of these people are looking to take rather than right. make it a win-win. So so that's like one type of let's yeah. let's call that the first type of toxic person we'll yeah. identify is the yeah. one that you tell them something and they're your friend, but you, their instant reaction you sense is that they don't like the good news. They don't like the yeah. fact that you're having good news, and maybe they're not having good news in their life. Like if they were sure. having good news, who knows how they would be? But people show themselves more when they're kind of. Uh, you know, going, yeah. I, I actually, it's funny. I was about to say people show themselves more when they're going down and then, then they can get jealous or angry inappropriately or whatever, but also they show themselves when they're going up and they start blowing you off. <laughs> so yeah. in both directions, if, if they're in movement, yeah, it seems so like people start yeah. to reveal themselves. But okay, so one type of toxic person is the type of person who will get jealous or change their reactions to you or change um, their, their, their actions to you if you suddenly are on your way up and you have good news and you're sharing them and you're sharing them in a positive way, even if you're helpful to them, they don't like it. Yeah. Listen, I'm careful to, you know, again, like we, we all have the ability to be toxic, toxic to other people. So I'm mindful too. Like I'm mindful, you know, look, you know, we, we could talk about all the hazards of social media where all you people see is your highlight reels and you don't see their behind the scenes. So I'm careful about when I interact with friends. You know, I remember, you know, um, I'll stay on brand and provide a quote, but I think, you know, immature people seek congratulations and successful people self-congratulate. You know, I remember hearing Jim Rohn say that. So like, I'm careful. So you're right. Like you do all these amazing things and 
maybe some people aren't that happy for you. Maybe that triggers jealousy in them. Now, it's up to us to find the five people around us who are happy for you. Right, who so are like, that's amazing, James. Like, you did this. Or, hey, you wrote this book. Or, you know, you pitched this TV show. Or you did this comedy thing. Or, you know, but, but, th- well, those well, are the people you want to be around. Right. And And so, like, the one thing is you can't, like, let's say someone starts, you sense someone's not happy when you have good news. You don't really know. You can't, it's not easy to just say, okay, they're in that bucket. Um, it's just you observe, you got to have a yeah. data point that they might be toxic and you you start to act accordingly. Like maybe you you shift direction in terms of how you, yeah. how much time you spend with them. Like instead of, obs- you can't ask the question why. Like you can't figure them out because yeah. they're, it's complicated. Like you don't, you might not, there might not be one reason and and they're never going to tell you. Like some people say, oh, well, you should sit down and yeah. talk to the person and figure this out. You got you were good friends, but sometimes you can't figure it out. Sometimes you can't talk to them. Sometimes you just have to distance yourself. Well, it's like in literature, the villain doesn't think he or she is the villain. The villain—that's who they are. That's what they do. And I don't. And I think we have to think about okay, what are we going to get from that interaction? You know, from that person, and you know, and that is part of you know the different types of toxic people. You know, I was. I I, th- I read I was read with interest people talking about like narcissists and they said narcissists seek control power admiration attention all of these things from you and so they want that kind of control over you and power and you know they're it's you know in all these different terms about toxic people where they'll gaslight you or you know invalidate the way you're feeling and I think sometimes we have to have confidence in ourselves to say you know what. You know, I don't know why you did what you did, but I know how it made me feel. I don't want to feel that way. And if I have a choice, and we all have choices, I'd rather be with somebody who's really supportive for me, really happy for me when I accomplish things. You know, doesn't have to put you down in a certain way and treats you, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be honest. You know, to get meta, even today, like we were like, hey, let's talk about this. And I shared with you everything I had so that, you know, it's like so that I'm not trying to outshine People, you know, it just we if it's Vidal Sassoon, if you don't look good, I don't look good. Like it's we want to make sure that we both succeed, right? Like it's so, a win-win. So, you know? so what 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 is a narcissist? Since it is the word, I to think use a all narcissist obviously comes from you know mythology where somebody loved the sight of their own reflection so much that they were just you know that it actually to too much, you know, that they looked in the water and they drowned, you know, so it's obviously somebody who has more than a, you know, self-esteem. But I think narcissists are obviously really insecure people, you know, and people called our president that, I mean, or a lot of people in politicians, you know, uh, who are politicians that, but I think a narcissist, again, is somebody who wants attention all the time, admiration, control, you know. Uh, will we'll tend to manipulate without yeah. thinking of the feelings of others. Yeah, yes, for sure. They want to be the center of attention. They want you to admire them and, you know, look. But but I'll, I'll just add, just from what yeah, for sure. I've been looking at, there's a spectrum. So the way they, you know, the way they actually diagnose narcissistic personality disorder is there's a, a test to figure out your narcissistic personality inventory, and it's ranked then from zero to 40. Everybody has a rank on yeah. this continuum. And most people are somewhere around 20 or the high teens and a high rank, like let's say between 35 and 40, 40 being the highest, yeah. uh, kind of gives you this 
the the diagnosis whether sure. it's a bs thing or not i don't know but that's how they do it for uh that's how psychiatrists and psychologists supposedly do it yeah and so so so, so I'm, what's yours so so <laughs> i don't know so so i guess sure, what i'm saying a, though is that a, a seven you, I, i'm wondering if people could be no. not narcissists in general but also someone could be a narcissist just towards you oh or you could be a narcissist just towards someone else i wonder if it, i wonder if sometimes you could your narcissistic tendencies could come out more with, with some people than others. I imagine that. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. I think there could be certain. Yeah. Look, I, I also believe that they're toxic people, they're toxic environments, right? If you were somebody who was prone to drinking, obviously you don't want to be at a bar or prone to gambling. You don't want to be in Las Vegas or, you know, any number of things. And so there are toxic environments and there are limiting environments and people. So, I do think, you know, again, like certain environments may just not, people might not be a good fit, you know, with you. And so, and they might not bring out the best in you. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, a negative kind of perception of them. But yeah, I think. Well, I, so, so, so who else, who else, what other category would you say you've experienced in your life as a toxic person? Um, I think there's somebody who's always the victim. You know, I find oh, yeah. that, you know, I find that type of person who is it's a it's a form of manipulation where regardless of what happens, you always there's never gonna be a level playing field. You're always gonna feel like, hey, they deserve more concern and consideration and deference because they're going through something. I mean, and, so so this is a complicated yeah. one because obviously they're trying to evoke sympathy in you yes and you feel bad if you're not sympathetic and yet if if you're going to protect yourself it's it's the same technique you have to somehow put up boundaries and pull away right when the person seems like yeah they're having their biggest problems i just i think it's a question like with anybody it's just a degrees right like it's you know i think of same way somebody is happier with a lot less than what you have somebody complains a lot more with certain things than other people do. And I think, you know, Rabbi Harold Kushner, I remember wrote how good you have to be. And I think like with people, like I think after you, I think you kind of know, right? Like, you know, when enough is enough, like, you know, that, you know, after a while, you know, it's like that person's concerns always are going to supersede yours because for whatever reason they have certain issues. And then you imagine like, and you, why do you think, why do you think someone becomes the victim like maybe they didn't get enough attention when yeah. they were younger and it's a way to get attention or sure or they don't yeah. have they don't have confidence in their positive attributes that they can get attention that way so they use negative attributes to to get attention yeah. or manipulate or whatever i think it's both yeah i think it's i think it's i think it's definitely all all the above and it probably usually works probably and does get sympathy a lot of the time yeah and it's like listen it's like something that we talk about and i want us to be mindful as podcasters and people who are trying to positively influence other people, you have people's trust and attention for so long. You know, you have people's trust and attention because they know they're going to learn something from you. They know you have knowledge that other people don't have or and good intentions. And they know you practice what you preach when people meet you, you're a certain way, you know, and, and you're just as curious off air as you are on air or decent to people. So that you have people's trust and attention. And I think, like with us, when you have people in your personal life, they'll have your trust and attention for only so much time, you know? And if that person, you know, isn't there for you when you need them or, only, you know, it's a one-way street, 
then after a while, obviously it's an old proverb, like, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And, and, you know, so I, I think like Martin Luther King said, no man could ride you unless your back is bent. Like you have to eventually say, Hey, I deserve this life if I'm tolerating it. And you can say, okay, I'm sorry you're going through all this, but you know, so are other people, you know? Well, yeah. so, so two things on that one is, so we've had on several people on the podcast yeah. uh, who are experts in influence and persuasion. So, yeah. for instance, Robert Cialdini, who wrote the classic book Influence, or right. uh, Chris Voss, who is the FBI's uh, ex, you know, host hostage negotiator, or even Scott Adams, who wrote right. a book on all the influence techniques used in the recent presidential or you know the last presidential campaign. And interestingly. In none of their books, and nothing ever any of them have, have has ever said said you get influenced by trying to evoke sympathy. Oh, so like none oh, of Robert Cialdini's influence techniques said, oh, you should pretend to be you know having problems to influence people. Never the, the, oh, that technique does yeah. not work. So these people who are trying to use that technique that you know starts to transform into toxic behavior, it's a technique that ultimately doesn't work for the reasons you just said. Like you can't. Yeah, you know, ultimately, you're going to find yourself distancing yourself from the person, and no matter how close you were previously, yeah. I mean, some people don't distance themselves, and then they're not putting up enough boundaries. But I think you have to distance yourself just to save yourself, because yeah, you know, it's the whole cliche of life is short. But if you spend, you know, yeah, a third of your day listening to someone's problems or spending time with someone who's uh, constantly just complaining about people and complaining to you and and if you tell them oh no it's you can do this it's, it could be better if you do this and then they argue with you on that they argue with you on every suggestion you have then whether you're right or wrong you should maybe their problems are real but it's still not right. helping you if you're not able to to communicate with them at all yeah and I, listen i think i'm mindful of the people who are listening at home and they have a job and when i worked at a company i didn't love every person that I worked at and worked yeah, so what with. would you do then? Like, let's say you had a colleague who you worked with every day, but was always complaining, gossiping, negative. Uh, and you know, if they're putting other people down, you know that to those other people, yeah. they're putting you down. Um, and, and let's say, or let's say there's a person you never feel good. Like they always yeah. kind of disagree with you in a meeting or, or tell you to do things that are, of course you'll do them. But, like, why is this person always telling you to do this thing? Yeah, no, I felt like, and I felt fortunate once I became to the choose yourself universe with you. Um, I felt fortunate because I could choose, you know, so, I had more of a choice. Okay, but when I didn't, I was like, Calgon, take me away. But I felt like I tried to make the most of that situation. And I felt like, if, okay, if you can't change something, like Maya Angelou said, change your attitude. So if I was going to be around people like that, no, I didn't think it was great. I didn't think that they uh, were really inspiring people to be around. And I felt like, you know, they had a vision of things that was different from mine. And, you know, if I'm charitable, I'll say, okay, it's not for me. And if I'm less, you know, charitable, I'll say, like, that's just a wrong kind of mindset, you know. And, but, but again, and what would you do, like, if you had to see them? I would do my best to say you know, take them warts and all. And then if I felt it was a cancer, then I'd have to remove it. Like I'd have to just How? kind of, well, if I was sitting across from them and, you know, and there were times where I had colleagues where I felt like, 
I never liked somebody else that much in a job where I would talk to them all the time or disregard the job that you were job and you were paid to be there. And I took it like, again, like a privilege and a responsibility. But if I was with them, I would try and pull them aside and, and appeal to their better nature and say, Hey, don't you want to do this? Like, Hey, instead of being chatty patty, don't you think you want to pursue this story? Wouldn't it be great if we did this and what if they're know, like, no, I don't know. And then after a while, then you're like, okay, they're not for me, you know? And then I'll put my headphones on and I'm like, I, you had your chance, you know, like, you I, know, I think also yeah. like you have to ultimately you have to switch jobs. <laughs> oh, me a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you have to, you want to be at a place worthy of your talents. You want to be at a place where people push you, you know, Kamal Ravikant made a very good point where he said, you know, when he went to Silicon Valley from Rochester, New York, he said, if you want to be fit, you don't hang around 10 chubby people who keep telling you why they're chubby. You know, you go to This is like, why Kamal stop <laughs> hanging around with us. <laughs> yeah, he, exactly. Um, yeah, no, but I think Kamal is a brilliant guy. And, and he just said, you know, you go to, if you want to be fit, you go with the fittest people in the world. Maybe you hang out with Olympians or people who push you and make you feel better that you have to, rise up to their standard rather than be at sea level and bitch and moan about everybody else. And that is toxic. It's a toxic environment. And maybe it's a toxic environment for them. And I, but I think it's hard for people to say, well, I can't just get up and quit yeah. my job. Like, look, yeah. I had to, you know, I saw you at, at yeah. um, good day in New York. Yeah. I had to convince you to, to jump ship. Oh, no. And I'm not saying yeah, they yeah. were bad. I'm not saying those no, were I bad. I was like, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think, look, I think that you do get, you get into a rut. I think you say it better than I can and choose yourself, you know, where you talked about like people are afraid. Like you had that whole metaphor about like going up on above, you know, ground and you seeing all these people there. I think, you know, yes, there are things that hold you back, you know, and again, bring back Amy Moore and you're afraid of change. You give other people their power by obsessing over them or you're afraid to take risks. I think I had known that for a certain while, but no, I, I think when I had, met you the second time I knew like, wow, this is, this is the kind of person I wanted to be with. And you know what? I, I'll say this again. Like when we met to talk about this, I just liked how you were very, and this is another, you know, you were very process oriented, you know, and I'm pleased to say that everything we talked about is proven true where you, you said, oh, you go on Good Morning New York. You don't even know the name of the show. But, like, you only get three minutes. And here, when we had met, people came up to you and they said you changed their lives and you helped them. And that's why you were motivated to do it. I think the people you don't want to be around, you know, to some degree are toxic or outcome-oriented people. People just want to be famous. People well, are doing okay. it for a reason. So let's talk people about that who meet me, by the way, or you, and, like, and I was vulnerable to it, you know, that have a hidden agenda, that they would meet with you and they – they talk about this in psycholo psychological terms, love bombs or something. Like they <laughs> befriend you and they appeal to your vanity or your insecurity. And again, that's where those people choose you. And they will, you know, and they really have an agenda. They want to be friends with you because, you know, you could help them. Well, you have and, influence and, on and, TV or whatever. And by know. the way, what you said about being mindful earlier, it's important. Like I've certainly been that person in the past. So yeah. let's yeah, say sure. let's too. say I was running a hedge fund and I wanted to raise money. Yeah. Or let's say I was running uh, an ad agency and I wanted a client. Of course, if that person asked, said, hey, come to our weekend house for the weekend and we'll discuss, and I'd pack up 
the, the family, the kids, everything. Yeah. I, the last thing I wanted to do was go to like a beach yeah. house and go yeah. in the ocean. I hate that. And, uh, 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 but there I would be like, oh, smiling and like sure. friendly. So I was, you know, I would do things in order to try to stay in business and get, and get their business. And often I even felt like, oh, I hate this. Like, I feel like all these people now are my friends. I don't want to be my friends. Yeah. I think I would say a couple of things like that. Like, and I should acknowledge the contributions of Linda Papadopoulos, a former guest, and Tom Frank, our friend, because again, um, <laughs> um, you know, they were nice enough to offer their thoughts on toxic people. And Tom is in Hollywood, and he talked about, you know, hey, what's say you're in Hollywood? And narcissists are usually rife over there, and so you have to deal with them over there. And a lot of these people, certainly in the Me Too movement, found themselves compromising their beliefs because, well, I don't want to, you know, have lunch or even worse with this, you know, fat slob movie studio chief who's boorish and, you know, and sexist and worse, but I kind of have to. And like think sometimes you do feel like that environment, you know, like when you're in a big environment where there's a lot of other people around you, you feel like I better do it, you know, I have no choice. And obviously you have choices. And I think as you get older and more experienced and you learn the consequences of them, you say like, you know what? That's not for me. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and Having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I am so glad you convinced me that the family car should be the Defender 110. It is so beautiful inside 
It's so comfortable and it just feels indestructible. Yes, it really is. I've been waiting a long time for the new model to come out. The Defender 110, I'm telling you, it's my favorite car of all times. It's my third one. You know, I have stories of going off road. The guy managed the group. He was like, what are you doing in this beautiful car? I'm like, I'm going off road. He's like, are you sure? Because you can use one of ours. And then they look like Mad Max cars. I'm like, no, 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 no. we're going to do this. And he was shocked. Wow. Well, it's great because the Defender has been reimagined for 21st century adventure and its unparalleled off-road ability, as well as its robust interior, are invaluable whether you're headed towards uncharted territory or just a weekend of exploration. The Defender 110 tackles challenging surroundings with absolute confidence. The SUV conveys strength outside and in, featuring peerless technology like an intuitive driver display and an award-winning infotainment system. That's my favorite part, to keep you connected no matter where the journey takes you. Adventure is unique to everyone, and so is the Defender. Choose from the two-door Defender 90, the four-door Defender 110, or the larger Defender 130 with the ability to seat up to eight passengers. You'll find uncompromising performance in all three. So pack up and go even further with the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS, HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely got to use HIMS from now Not on. Not that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMSS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hims.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hims.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. For me, that's what happened. Like yeah. that, that ad agency business, I ultimately sold and got out of that business. And the hedge fund business, I just hated so much the process of raising money. It's, it felt like yeah. prostitution somehow. And I just so so what? So I was the toxic person, sure. or, or I was a toxic person dealing with another toxic person who was who was yeah. taking their power and lording it over me um, in, in exchange for my friendship and. 
So, so, so who knows which directions yeah. it was going, but I ultimately couldn't stay in that business to, to be mentally healthy. I was getting so depressed yeah. to be mentally healthy. I had to remove myself from that. And that's basically when, uh, you know, I started writing more and I started doing more activities that I enjoyed and being more process oriented, like focusing on getting yeah. to be a better writer every day, for instance, that got me a completely different audience, a completely, completely different sources of income a different career and, and so on. And I know that's happened to a lot of our podcast guests, for instance. Yeah, I think it's great. No, I think it's, yeah, I think, look, hopefully, you know. But, but, but I just sorry yeah. to interrupt. Sometimes yeah. though, when I see it in reverse, when someone's kind of being nice to me in order to t get Absolutely. some advantage and, and I'm usually very generous back, I'm not, I don't demand friendship in order to give something. Um, so I don't, I hope I'm not like the, how the other side, but, uh, then when someone kind of, let's say completely ghosts after they get what yeah. they want, then I do feel like, Oh, what did I do something? Or why did this happen? Like I get, I, I get upset and you can't, and it's one of those things and where you have to just move forward and you can't ask why. Yeah. I try. I've why tried, has no answer ever. Yeah. And I've tried to, I've tried to help you you know or like i met you helped me also with that and that kind of relationship yeah it's just to is you know look some of these people that were around and i think like i feel better about it like people are a lot of people got you know there's a million reasons why people are toxic to you or not helpful or not beneficial and it's not just you know kissing up and kicking down or like being so short-sighted people i think about it a lot. I mean, you had a great interview with Richard Branson. He's very simply said, people want to be around people who are positive. People want to be around people who look for the best in other people. People want to be around people who, you know, praise you. And somebody actually corrected me, a psychologist said, you don't need to be around people who praise you. You need to be around people who support you, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's the old, like when people show you who they are, believe them. Like, and, th and that's also like, we see this a lot, like to be honest with you. And I'll tell you, you know, anybody listening, like people, think they want to be successful and they think that well, and they're doing the stuff that not the successful people wouldn't do that right like so they would follow up they would you know well, let's look at that yeah. category for a second because yeah it's almost like the topic of our of, yeah. the, of the podcast over the past 500 episodes yeah we talk to peak performers so they're not a peak performer because they're the world champion of something or they won the gold medal yeah. of something or they wrote the best-selling book they're peak performers because for 20 years prior to that they focus on process and getting better yeah. and facing lots of disappointments. You can't, you're not going to be happy every step of the way towards achieving the gold medal. 99% of the time, you're going to fail. You're going to yeah. lose the race. You're going to lose the game, the sport, the the deal, the whatever. And you figure, you, what, what happens is you get better and better at getting around that. So that's process. People who every day just focus today on what, how can I improve a little bit more in the direction I'm going? I might swerve directions i don't know but i'm gonna just try to improve in whatever direction i need to go whereas i've seen a lot of people be the complete opposite and i find these people to be toxic at least when they're in my yeah. life is they let's say they uh i'm just gonna make it up i can't think of a, a you know let, let's say they want to get a phd yeah. and uh the PhD gets rejected or, or they, they want to, they write a whole book and the book gets rejected everywhere and they get depressed for six straight months and, and sure. are constantly saying, I just got my book rejected. You know, I yeah. can't deal with this right now. And 
So they're they're just goal oriented. They're they're thinking like they had the one goal. Right. It didn't happen, which is completely normal as we've seen from the 500 successful people we've interviewed. Yeah. And they won't hear it if if they if you. I mean, it's not my role to say, hey, focus on process yeah. instead of outcome. But they they just don't even understand what that means. They 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 literally are just about the fame or the outcome or the money. Yeah, and that will, you know. It's almost like money doesn't solve your problems. Process solves your problems, and and they don't get that at all. Yeah, I think I think about that a lot. And, and but, you have to remove yeah. yourself from them too. You have to remove yourself with people. And again, I I I telling you, I if you got it, you spot it. I was there and for a long time, and you didn't feel like you had that much of a choice. Like there are a lot of people who don't feel like you have a choice. And I think sometimes you have to step back and really work on just giving yourself more and more choices and that's kind of how a little by little a little becomes a lot like you get a little bit of freedom and then you have some more time or you make a little bit of money then you could save it away and you know or and just you know you have a part-time job you, you know I'm excited for your book the side hustle bible you know where people have a side hustle you know or you have a front burner like Tom Frank says and a back burner and you have you know you could be waitressing and hoping to be a comedian or it's you know doing all different kinds of things but like you uh, gradually you'll get better at comedy and maybe have more time we've seen this countless times with people and we did a great interview with Sebastian Manikowski at Four Seasons where he used to work so I but I do think that you know I didn't feel like I had as much of a choice you're in TV you're competing with all these other people you have fear of missing something you have uh well you might also have, when you're yeah. in a corporation yeah. you're in this artificial hierarchy right, right? so you're every yeah. day going into work into essentially like like a palace right you know this big building where at the top might be the ceo and at the bottom is the mail right. room you know kind of a, a yeah. cliche and uh uh you know you are trying to move to the top because it's, it's a yeah. natural instinct you're in a you're it's yeah. a tribal instinct you want to be the top of the hierarchy you want to keep getting promoted and 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 because you know all the people yeah. around you the five people around you who are just in the cubicles yeah. around you they're looking at promotions or demotions yeah as signs of status yes. or, or de-statusing and, and again it's an artificial hierarchy and and if, if people get so disappointed oh this guy got the promotion instead of me well what we see again from yeah. successful people in the corporate world like when beth comstock yeah. came on yeah. she was formerly what like vice chairman of ge yeah well she didn't become the ceo of of ge yeah. and all the other people at the top level who didn't become the ceo of ge you didn't see them fall into depression. They all just went and became the CEOs of other companies. Yeah. They left and became the CEOs of other companies. And that speaks to choice. But I think, like, yeah, I think for I think you can get into a funk and you could, you know, perseverate and constantly be there and then not feel like you have a lot of choice. And I get it. Like you can work in these environments. And again, that if you're lucky enough, when you see people, and again, it doesn't mean, you know, I remember Kathy Ireland had said, Don't be afraid to leave something good for something great. Like you know, and if you have a choice, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to, you know, cast aspersions on that other person. You can be like, it's not for me. Like, if I have a choice, right, I think that's a, that's the key phrase. Yeah. It's not it's not for me, or this person's not for me. It doesn't even have to focus on yeah. the toxicity. It's just we're going in different ways, yeah. and I have to and be in a different place. I think some people stay in your life for a reason, a season, a lifetime. Like, and you know, and but I think like now, I definitely. I'm very, very mindful of every encounter we have. Like, how can this be a win-win? And I can look back and it's, you know, what was it? Like all dysfunctional families are, 
are the same and they're, you know, all happy families are the same and all dysfunctional families are different, you know, it's a tall story, you know. And I think that when you look back and you can think about toxic relationships, when people are toxic or negative or don't have your best interests at heart or don't think about it, you know, you're in a corporate environment, they'll secretly go behind your back about things or they'll, right. they're not open. And a good relationship is honest and open. If you're open about everything you do, I could look at it and say, you know, you're not like those kids in high school who say, oh, I hardly studied. And you studied 10 hours and that kid over there is thinking, wow, I'm a moron. You know, this guy doesn't even study. Like to be honest with people and to be open and you've done that with your struggles and then it does ignite people to say like, oh, I can do that too, so, you know? So, so, so that's a good environment, a good relationship where it's people are open and honest with each other and don't hold back and aren't secretly hiding stuff from you because they don't want to share with you. It's not a generous environment. Right, like people, I, uh, people often kind of think they have to protect their turf when the reality is if you open your turf up, it gets bigger. Yeah, and I, and I think so, again, you know, I... I remember, you know, I think about, you know, you've talked about this a lot where success leaves clues and I've watched, watch anybody who's really good at something, right? And they have a little bit of contempt for people who aren't that way, you know, and I, and I'm not, and I think I'll, I'll watch Kevin Durant, the basketball player, and he'll simply watch other players and the guy will like foul them really hard and he's not going to sit there and waste a lot of energy. And he said, that's not a basketball play. That's not a basketball player. You know, they don't want to be champion they don't want to be like at that and so fine if you don't want to that's fine do yeah. your thing like but it's not for me and and i've talked about this before and now i finally do feel like i can choose like we can choose like when we started we would have certain people and i said that guy's fine but every time he does something he acts like he's giving us his kidney and you said steve we can choose ourselves you know and that could be fine for somebody else hallelujah you know go to town with them but it's not for me yeah and like one thing i would suggest to people is, uh, and this was very good advice I got uh, back in 1995. Uh, every two years, if you're in a corporate job, every two years, just apply for some other job. Yeah. So, so on the one hand, uh, it kind of avoids this problem of of thinking too much in the hierarchy that you're in. Like, so you're not so obsessed with the next promotion because you realize there's a, an outside world. But it also helps you to see, you know, the job market is a a market like anything else price yeah. slash salary is ruled by supply and demand so if you if you if you put if you put your resume out there every couple of years you see what the demand is for you you see what the supply of people like yeah. you are out there you know and that's dependent on have you improved your skills or not and then you see what possible salaries are out there for you so you don't have to be so obsessed with the one salary you're making or the one job title you have or whatever which is why people often make huge rises when they move horizontally in their industry instead of trying to move just vertically in their company. Sure. So, so that's one piece of advice. And um, uh, the other one is not advice as much as a story. So one time I was business partners with somebody and the relationship might've even st started toxic, but it certainly became toxic. This person literally like screamed at me repeatedly, like on the phone and accused me of all these things. And I decided, you know what? no one no one has yelled at me since i was a kid yeah and you know and this person's even younger than me not that that matters but i don't want anybody yelling at me and um you know yeah life life is too short so so i never i actually never spoke to him again through an intermediary i 
bought his shares and it wasn't easy. It took about eight months of, of work on my part to find someone to, to buy him out. And fine. I'm not saying he's a bad person. Maybe we just needed to go in different directions. Uh, I, I, you know, sure. I had, a, I had a good result as a, as a result of doing this and had found, you know, good partners and, and everything was, was fine. So you do have to take action. You can't fight the person. Like I never spoke to that person again. I never said to him, you're wrong, yeah, yeah. you know, cause that no one's going to say, oh, you're right. I'm wrong. Very few people will say that you have to actually just take action on your own. You have to like, right. choose the phrase, choose yourself. No, but I think, like I said earlier, like quoting myself. Um, you don't get clean rolling around in the mud. You get clean, you know, uh, getting out of it. And I and I would say I want to pay you a compliment because again, you know, it's like Chase. The right relationship is everything, you know. And you think like, you but know, it's so hard because I'll, yeah, the person who cuts me down suddenly you feel this yes. instinctive urge to win them back. Well, that's but that is the idea of a toxic person, or to you, figure out what you did wrong. Yes, but you you feel like you need their validation and. And Look, it's easy to say, yes. okay, I'm going to leave. Yes. I'm going to ignore that. That person was wrong. I'm going to ignore them. But, you know, maybe there was something that was right in no. what they were doing. So you I, have to go train yourself to. Yeah, you ha it takes discipline and you have to just, I think there was a Sheryl Crow song where she just talked about how it, got, it was hard at the beginning and then it slowly but surely like gets easier and you have to, you know, do that. I was going to say, you know, I'm grateful to you because you knew that had a like quotes and, you know, and you made me like, do things like that just to say, hey, not to, like, Steve, write a book on quotes, do the job, Steve. And like that process helped me. And when I was preparing for this thing on brand, I remember sending you, don't make yourself, don't make somebody a priority if you're only an option for them, if you have a choice. Or, you know, don't, That's set, yourself, a great quote. don't set yourself on fire to keep somebody else warm. You know, and I thought they were very helpful to me. Do, like don't that, make someone a priority if you're only an option. Yeah, and I think about that and like, okay, you know, like I've dealt with people like that and you're kind of like, and before you would run around because again, in your mind, you have a reason to do it. You think it's going to yield a certain outcome. That person might be promising you money. And to me, it doesn't work out. It doesn't, you know, when you do something, again, you, in your book, you talked about when you do things you don't want to do, I don't have it committed to memory. We put it on the waiter's pads, but um, right, you resent that person. and Yeah, you ultimately, you're, you're yeah. there choosing your, if you don't choose your own agenda, someone else is choosing it yeah. and it's not going to, the result's not going to be as good for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, thinking about it in terms of the podcast, right, we, uh, you know, there are a lot of priorities for us. Like, like yeah. there are so many guests that I could say, yeah. oh, if that guest says, potential guest says yeah. yes, that's a priority. But the, the, and obviously, like, let's say we wanted, um, I don't know, Donald Trump or Barack Obama on sure. the podcast. That would be a huge priority. Uh, and we're only an option. But to yeah. go along with your quote, we solve that problem by having huge, we diversify yeah. our priorities. Yeah. So we don't need to have Barack Obama. We can have this person or this person or these thousand people that we have made into a list. Yeah. And they'll all be equally good. And, or, you know, with, with a range, right. but they'll all be really great guests that, that we legitimately want and would like to have. And then now we've, because we've diversified so much, the priorities have been sort of demoted to options. Yeah. And I, but I, yeah, there's that. And, or like yeah. in a business, if you have yeah. a big sales pipeline, instead of just one, if, if yeah. you have a lot of people you're approaching for sales, instead of just one, 
you've taken that priority and devoted them to an option when, you know, so, so you, you leveled the playing field. So that's the way to kind of do Absolutely, what you're Absolutely, but I, I will always, I will always try for those people that we always feel like we're good enough and they'll yeah, say yes. Yeah, because the process is we'll treat them yeah. well, we'll treat them like priorities, but the process is also we have many options. We'll treat, treat yeah. many people like priorities. Yeah, and I, look, again, when we had a guest here and – you know, I think she remarked to us, oh, you know, the people at our publishing company want to meet you, James and Steve, you know. And and I was like, well, why don't they just come here? Like, they could have just seen us here. They would have met me. They would have, you know, talked to us about other clients of theirs. They would have, uh, you know, seen the comedy club. You would have invited them to watch you do stand-up. And, you know, and you initially said, well, Steve, you know, uh, maybe they're busy. And I'm like, maybe they're, you know, if she were Jennifer Lopez, wouldn't they have been here for her? You know, shouldn't you treat her like that? And don't right, you and, want? And, and, don't and, you want to be around somebody who thinks like that? And you know, and so yes, I think you know, I think there's something to be said, not just you know, not only on that author's point, but on those people over there. And that's why that's why they're not further along, right? Because I think yeah. even inaction yeah. is toxicity. I mean, people who yes. do the bare minimum. And, and don't think uh, a little bit outside of the box to help the people around them. That by itself could be toxic I, to someone. I'm grateful, you know, that I have, you know, I don't think that I'm under the same relentless gun of like TV and just that push, you know, where there's breaking news stories and you don't feel like you have as much control by the nature of that business or you have a lot of other people around. And so I do have time now to mentor people. And I want to pick somebody worthy of my time, and I'll pick them. And, you know, the old Frank Shamrock, Ryan Holiday talk about plus equal minus, where he fights guys his own level, trains with guys better than him, and coaches other people. And I'll look at them, and I try and become the change I desire. Like, I don't – I was with a lot of people where they're like, yeah, that's okay for you, you know, to have this, but I want this, you know, and there's a hierarchy over there. And, you know, that's not what I want. I want them to say, like, hey – you know, which is why I don't. We were we were killing you about the the subtitle, but I think there is. Here's why. Like when we meet people, here's why you should do this. You're gonna be. You know, and I'll say, do do this. You're gonna be happier. You're gonna have more choices. You're gonna make more money. You're gonna have more time with your family. Like I'll tell them that. Like you know, I give them the carrot and the stick, and I'll say, dude, do this. But the difference is between now and before. Like I won't. I'm not going to sit there and put my ladder up against the wrong wall. Like if I'm going to invest in them, I'm going to push them. And, and I'm again, gonna, all these things require yeah. a certain discipline yeah. to, to, to stick with it to, or, or to, yeah. to step out when it's no longer but being. I talk about it. We're fortunate to have Stan Hoffman who's managed 38 boxing champions here. What's and his name? Stan Hoffman. <laughs> He's managed. Is that cool dude managed? in a loose mood? Uh, Stan's here. But no, Stan talks about it all the time, right? Like he can't. You can't take a, you know, a plow horse and make him into a Clydesdale, right? Like we talk about it a lot. We're focused on selection rather than development, and so okay, That's a very good quote. like if people we have people around us and they don't want it and they're not process oriented or they don't see like that's what appealed to me about you. Like you wanted to like be successful. You weren't just you were loved it for the sake of it. Like you were interested in whoever. Like you know, I could name a hundred different people and yes, your eyes were bigger than your stomach, but like you really were interested in that. You were interested, you were just curious and but, interested. But again, it's it's process. It's not like yes. I want I, I said to you, I, I just want to be the best 
the biggest yeah. podcast in the world. Like we, yes. regardless of, once we're in a podcast, regardless of yeah. whether we get lots of downloads or no downloads, it's, yeah. we still do the same job for each when guest. When you get up and do comedy, whether there's three people, 700, you you perform the same, right? Like it's not, that person over there can be that one person who sees you, you know? And, yeah. and I think about that all the time. Like, you know, we've had people come up and say, James really changed my life or that book. And that's gratifying, right? Isn't that what you, why we're doing this? Like, yeah. And, and, and so it's all sort of also segues into a category, which I think yeah. is not usually considered toxic, but I think it kind of is, um, which is, uh, if somebody's a hypocrite. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so like, let's say someone, um, is I'm just gonna make something up. Let's say someone is super against climate change, but then they, I don't know, what would be what would be. Oh, so if they're super against climate change and they ride in private jets, they yeah, uh, yeah. Or, they, or let's be yeah. in the right category. Let's say someone's um, a, 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 a feminist, yeah. but their their uh, you know brother has just been accused of yeah. hashtag Me Too and you know something. And it's probably the accusations are probably true, and then they, dip, yeah. Dip, I mean, you see this in the news. I don't know anybody personally like this, but uh, yeah. Uh, but I'll it, give an example. I mean, Adam Horowitz of Beastie Boys, his dad Israel Horowitz was accused of it, and he was like, "Yeah, it's wrong." You know, my I, dad I don't did know the story. What happened? Oh, his dad Israel Horowitz back, you know, wrote "Park Your Car" in Harvard Yard, one of the Beastie Boys. You probably did their website. <laughs> no, it's <that was laughs> a long website, and they're amazing artists. Obviously, the Beastie yeah. Boys, but like they. His dad was a well-known playwright, and he had had incidents, which you know the Times reported, you know, in the flurry of all the Me Too movement. And Adam Harvitz said, "Yeah, you know, I know he's my dad, but I'm sure he did it, and it's despicable. And you have to have the courage to call balls and strikes, and to call him, and to say, yeah, it hurts me to do this, but I'm going to tell the truth. And you know, and just because you know you like somebody or whatever, you have to call it." The way you the way it, you see it and the way yeah, it is and be like, intellectually honest, you know. You know, it's like uh, uh, Dave Chappelle talks about this exact issue because Bill Cosby was a hero to him, yeah. and you know, he said everybody around him like couldn't believe it when all these accusations yeah. about rape. It wasn't just it wasn't I should right. say just, but it wasn't like yeah. he was harassing him. He was like knocking right. them out and then right. raping them, and uh, and then. It was just too much. Like, he, he, you know, he said, you know, just think if Bill Cosby had done 40 less rapes, he still would have <laughs> raped 20 people. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's yeah, too much. Sure. It's like, he, there was no way around it. Like, he just had to say and, he's not a good I guy. And I think that we all have to be careful of our own biases and not be hypocritical. Again, I think love, that's very hard for people. I love Chris Rock with the Heat of a Thousand Suns. I mean, I think he's a brilliant guy. But remember when he said, I always liked where he said, you know, if Anita Hill with Clarence Thomas, if he looked like Denzel Washington, she'd be like, Denzel, you nasty. And there are people who had somebody in their political party was a certain way, and then they turn the other, you know, they they overlook it if that person's like that. And I think we all have to look at it and say, hey, that's wrong. I was a news person. I think, I don't know how much MSNBC who would have run the Jussie Smollett alleged hoax all day you know, long if it was legitimate, if people actually beat him up and said MAGA, you know, uh, country, even though 10 degrees below zero and it was, uh, 
<laughs> the place was 88% Trump supporters. But like, if assuming that was true, you would have heard it all about the time, about the deleterious effects of, you know, the rhetoric that's out there. And so if the converse happened, maybe you should cover it. Like, you you know, and, and I would say the same thing on the other side, if there's stuff that doesn't reflect well on so, you. So so if you a know, person, if you see that in a yes, person. Yes, if you see it in a person, I... I think it's it's another example where they just, it's a data point where you're like okay maybe this is not the person who's gonna yeah. you know be the five people around me yeah and you know I yeah and and, and and I think I think I'm, I'm seeing in the email your friend Tom he, you know he he sort of says it direct you have to eliminate them from your orbit in a passive aggressive manner which I agree with like passive yeah. aggressive sounds bad like that's what he was saying yeah he was saying that you know but 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 uh, uh, at the same time. You can't just be aggressive because that has no effect. And if you're passive, you're letting them still invade your boundaries. You have to kind of be passive. Well, that's aggressive. what I alluded to before. It seemed like that was what that gray rock theory is, where you just be bland. Like if I see somebody mm. that is like that, or I know if I bring up stuff to them, okay, you know, and maybe yeah, I think that's the lesser of two evils is to just kind of be care, you know, keep it general, keep it moving, and, and they're not, yeah, they're not gonna, you know. Uh, Again, I, Chris Rock, where he said, oh, and Siegfried and Roy were attacked, and, you know, and he's, oh, the tiger went crazy. And he goes, that tiger didn't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. Like, that's who these people are. So, like, you're not, you, it's going to be hard for you to change them. You know, and, and, and Linda Papadopoulos, yeah. who's, uh, uh, has been, she's a psychiatrist, I forget. Uh, yeah, she's a psychologist. 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 And in England, she, she's, she's been on the podcast, but this is how my memory is. And she, she was great on the podcast. She wrote uh, types of toxic people. So I just want to read her list real quickly because we just talked about this one. Incongruence between stated beliefs and actions. So that's sort yeah. of hypocrisy. Um, those who try to guilt you rather than genuinely trying to thrash out an issue. Uh, those who compete to be the most offended. Uh, competitive victimhood. Social climbers. People that are form over content. So you can say that's goal over yeah, yeah. Uh, process. People that expect you to read their minds and don't take ownership of what they need, so blame you if they don't get it. Uh, One-way traffickers, you know, all take and no give. So we've we've seen a lot of that. Uh, people that lie to themselves about themselves and ask you to partake in that lie. What's an example of that? Um, people that lie to themselves about themselves and ask you to partake in that. Oh, lie. interesting. Well, I just think there are people who just need affirmation so much. Didn't I do, you know, an amazing job at comedy? No, oh, right, know. right. And, so, and, and then if you say, well, yeah. you could have been better this way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if they suddenly um, treat you badly like, for that, then that's But it brings us back to our point, though, too. Like, like I, when I counsel a friend who's at a certain job that I was in a similar situation, like, you have people's trust and attention. Like, I'll tell you, hey, I was a swing and a miss, dude, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, um, you know, but you tried. Like, we'll get him next time, Tiger. What? I kill it every time. <laughs> no, but you should, you know? And I think, like, when you're not in good situations, that person doesn't care about you. And I and when you're in those situations where it's like, hey, sorry I was late. You know, my mom is sick. The people who care about you are like, oh, my God. If you, you know, if you don't betray their trust, like, if you are the victim all the time after a while— you know, if you you know you could be that toxic person by go going to that well too many times. But if the person cares about you, they're gonna want you to do well. They care about you, like they want you to do well. So like, I'm concerned about like, and for me, like 
sometimes I might have to say no to somebody and I, that person was my friend or, you know, and I have to think beyond me and say, Hey, is this good for us? You know, and I'll be upfront and, you know, who are, you know, and just try and handle it, you know, in a certain way. And like, you have to think about why, like, why are you doing this? Are you afraid to say no? Are you, um, are you doing it to please them? Are you doing it because you have your own agenda that's out extracurricular to what we're trying to do here, which is put the interesting guests to, have interesting conversations, inspire people. Which is know, okay if people. people have different yeah. agendas. I think, again, there's a positive way to yeah. do it and a negative way yeah. to do it. Uh, like you said before, being open and transparent yeah. about it is is, yeah. is usually the the positive way right. to do it. And I, and I think, to kind of to sum all this up, is that we've identified a bunch of toxic behaviors, but it's always sort of the same solution, which is to kind of make sure they're not, you know, if you're if you really are the five people, the average of the five people you bring into your life, the less toxicity in your life, probably the less toxic you will be. So sometimes people ask me, well, what if I'm the, how do I know that I'm not the toxic one? Again, if you just look at the people around you, if, if they're not, if on average they're not toxic, chances are you're probably avoiding toxicity. And I, I think that's the most important thing is not necessarily to be happy, but if by el eliminating the toxic people in your life, you simply become less toxic, which allows you to become more process oriented, more productive, and then ultimately more successful. Yeah, I think I think with a lot of situations, I think I try and idealize things, you know, and and you know, you've said this, what would this be like if it's easy? Or what would it be like if this was a healthy relationship? Or what would this be like if this person really wanted you to do well? How would they act? You know? And if they were really wanted you to do well, they would push you. They would say, Hey, in your case, Steve, I want you to write this book, do this, or get out of your comfort zone. If it's not for you, you know, it helps me. Or and I think that, you know, that's what you want. And I think it's very true. Avoid people who make you fearful or sad. Avoid people who don't have your best interest at heart. And sometimes it takes you a while to realize that. And it and, takes a it takes a long while. I've been guilty yeah. of it so many times uh, with yeah. so many bosses and colleagues and friends. And it's guilty of it last week, just obsessing for one day on, you know, why did this friend behave this way? Uh, it took me a while to sort yeah. of say, okay, well, that's just not a relationship I need in my life, as opposed to wondering over and yeah. over again why, even though I knew intellectually, yeah. don't ask why. I uh, just think it's like the expression, like, if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you, you know? And, and after a while, you, a can't, quote. you can't change them, you know? Like you can't, and so I've tried to do that, but I just think that, you know, I, I try and be an idealist. Like, you think in your personal relationships, remember, like, it says, like, yeah, I think it was Lao Tzu. If when you are in when you are in love, you feel courage, and when you feel loved, you feel strength. And you think about the relationships you have. Wait, when you're in love, you feel courage, right? And so, like friends, if you yeah, you ask the girl out or whatever, and you it, feel courage, or if some if you if somebody wants to hit on your woman, then all of a sudden, you know, you you go from wimp to to you know. <laughs> You know, and say it. Went to pimp. Yeah. Or he's already had a foul mouth podcast, so might as well keep it. And, you know, and if you feel loved, you feel strength. You feel like, wow, I have support. I have somebody who has my back. And I think that really propels. And it's not conditional. Yeah. And it's not conditional. And, you know, it's not, oh, if you do this, you know, and those, again, so in my life now, like, I try and be around people who, and it's not, you know, you can miss on certain people. And again, I think like we've all been wronged by people by being the way we are. And I've had this conversation with people and 80 to 90% of the time, it leads you to really fruitful relationships and beautiful 
friendships and relationships with people. And then there's that time where it doesn't work, and that's life sometimes. And then you have to just cut your losses from them. Right. And that's the hard part, and that's the discipline. But I think it's. Yeah. I think that's the way you uh, choose yourself. So as they yeah. say, yes, as they say, brilliant. as the kids say these days. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, toxic people with Steve Cohen. Yeah, <laughs> Not exactly. that he's toxic. Uh, what should our, what should our next topic be? Um, why don't we put that out to the? Yeah, or, or yeah. you know, actually, I'll, I'll go back to the, the Q and A yeah. that people ask because we haven't uh, really addressed yeah. a lot of the questions that people asked that that one day. So we'll we'll address everything. Yep. Thank you very much. Thanks James. so much, Steve. Thanks for not being toxic. <laughs> Maybe sometimes I am. Um, no. I think I think <laughs> I need to be. I think I in general need to improve on my boundaries with toxic people. But I've got I've gotten better at it. But again, it's like a spectrum. And so I've, so maybe I'm like eight tenths of the way there. And I, I, I want to be, I just want to keep improving. You, you have an itch and you want to scratch it essentially. Yeah. I gotten better. I used to be really bad and, and I've gotten better and better and better. And, and a lot of it involves, you know, pulling away from people when they're no good for me. And a lot of it is training people. So if someone yeah. is talking to me on the phone and starts yelling, then I immediately say, okay, I have do you, to go. Do you think that people treat you as bad as you let them? Yeah, I think people will treat you as bad as you let them. So if someone starts yelling at you on the phone and you say, okay, I have to go, you don't give a reason why, you just get off the phone. Yeah. And the next time you talk to them, you talk for yeah. 15 minutes and they start yelling at you and then you say, okay, I have to go. And you keep doing that. Eventually they'll stop yelling at you or they'll stop calling you. Well, you know, I was going to say, because I thought about that, because like if you're, you have people who are only interested in you for external things, right? Mm -hmm. And I do or other people. And I remember like there was somebody that I worked with and, and then somebody was like, oh, did you hear that blah, 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 you know, that she's doing this right now? And I was kind of like, it takes discipline, but you have to be like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's like we've talked about like the idea of like hire slow and fire fast. And in my mind, it's that's fine. You know, it's not a currency to me anymore, like what you're doing or who you know or all these external superficial things that had value in the previous incarnation in TV where you – because you're like, who cares if you know all these people? Like, who cares? Like, do you really care if you're Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein? You know, again, I'll bring it up to all of that thing over there. So I don't really care. You know, you want to be around people who are decent people or fun to be with or happy for you and you do well. And we should try and be that way, right? You attract what you want by being what you want. Yeah, it's uh... – all right, let's – Basically, the party is where we're at, and yes, everyone 100%. else is invited. Yes, thank you. I like that.